0: Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee time out here on a Lambeau Tobacco Green and Gold Monday. The Packers uh, get beat and, well, really not just beat, annihilated by the New York Jets uh, at Lambeau Field. First time Matt LaFleur's teams have lost back-to-back games. Snaps a streak of 15 wins in a row at Lambeau Field under Matt LaFleur as well. Joining us now is Eli Berkovitz. Follow him on Twitter at BookOfEli underscore NFL, co-host of Open Book on Game on Wisconsin and co-host on the Pack-A-Day podcast, and of course 24-7 sports. Eli, first things first, uh, I put it on Twitter, maybe it's time to change expectations for what we thought of this Packers team after a 27-10 to loss to the Jets.
3: Yeah, um, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, there's no doubt that having the idea that this team is the same team as the 13-win teams we saw the last couple of years with Matt LaFleur running the show, it's just not the same team. And whether you want to say that's Devontae Adams missing or the defense or specialty teams obviously special teams was not at its best today even though the defense played pretty well until about the fourth quarter but yeah I mean overall I mean they kind of set it at half when we went into halftime at three to three for the Jets you know that's reason to celebrate and for the Packers it's reason to panic and I think at this point the Packers need to kind of move past those expectations and realize that right now they should be lucky to be competing in any games and scoring any amount of points because they're not doing it well so they do need to change the expectations.
0: What do you do with this offensive line that looked putrid again, especially on the right side?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand how you have Adam Stenevich running your offense, and that's the offensive line you put out. I mean, every single snap, it seemed like either Rodgers was facing immediate pressure, or even when they were running it, which I didn't do it nearly enough, which I'm sure we'll get to, they were getting stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. I don't understand why Royce Newman is still in the starting lineup. If it was me, the left side of the line and center, as you mentioned, that, that looks okay. But at the right side, I would slide Elton Jenkins over to right guard and then bring Yash Nyman in to play right tackle. Agreed. I mean, Elton Jenkins is Elton Jenkins is great, but he's not a right tackle. He's an all-pro guard, and we have him playing out of position just so well. We could force Royce Newman or Jake Hansen in. Why is Yash Nyman not playing? He's never showed any reason to not be on the field whenever he's come out there. So I'm... Really hoping that next week we see that switch with Jenkins moving to guard and Nyman coming in a right tackle. Because I don't know what they're doing right now.
0: Interesting. I just saw a video of Sauce Gardner walking off the field for the Jets wearing a cheese head uh, on top of his head walking down the tunnel and Alan Lazard comes running from behind and knocks it off his head. Uh, I-, I can't imagine this is going to sit very well uh, in the Packers locker room. The question now is... What are the adjustments? I mean, we talk about the right side of the offensive line. I agree with you 100%. That's what I would do as well. Now, obviously, you didn't have Watson today because he was uh, out hurt, so you weren't able to have him. Cobb leaves with an ankle injury and in tears, so I can't imagine he's playing anytime soon again. Amari Rogers appears uh, in the offense. What really changes here at this point? Because it doesn't look like they're committed to the run. They ran the ball less this week than they did last week.
3: Yeah, um, that, that would be my first adjustment. Before we start talking about guys they could bring in, free agents, veteran receivers they could trade for, there's no reason why, I mean, this is two weeks in a row now that A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones combined for 19 carries. After last week, losing to the Giants and having your running backs combined for 19 carries, it just it doesn't make any sense. And then you go out there again today, 19 carries combined. Aaron Jones with only nine carries, I mean, He's your best player, and he he barely – he had four touches the entire first half. He had 12 touches all game. I don't think there's any team in the NFL that would have – other than the Packers – that would have a running back as talented as Aaron Jones and use him as, as limited as the Packers have. I mean, they're making Mike McCarthy's offense with Aaron Jones look like they use him a lot. I don't understand – like, obviously, A.J. Dillon is a talented running back, too, but as of right now, he's a running back, too. Aaron Jones is your clear RB1. And with his cap hit next year being around, I believe, $20 million, there's decent reason to believe that this could be Aaron Jones last season in Green Bay. And if that's the case, I don't see why you're not giving him as many touches as physically possible because you don't know if you're going to have, have him on the team next year. So I just, like you said, I mean, the first thing they need to change is running the ball more. And then obviously I think they do need to make that change at offensive line. And then beyond that, I mean, I think you got to look at the coaching. I just think this, both offense, defense, special teams, they just look like they're not being coached up as well as they should be, and there's just close to no energy, really, from the team. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers not showing any energy, which I think he needs to show more of. Same goes for Matt LaFleur. It's just overall right now they look completely lost.
0: Let's talk about 12, shall we? Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, His lack of being able to throw a deep ball – uh, consistently, is not helping this team. Now, I, I'm not saying when there's no separation or a guy's double team, he doesn't make the throw. But the one play to Dobbs, he should have made that throw. I mean, Rodgers of the past would have made that throw. And that that would have been a completion down the field. I think he has to get better uh, than he's playing, too, at this point, And he probably deserves some fire, too, for this whole thing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think anyone who follows me on on Twitter would know that I'm just about as big of an Aaron Rodgers fan as you'll find. But there's no denying that he absolutely has some of the blame in these last two losses and just overall the Packers not starting off great offensively this season. I mean, whether it's the lack of trust he has in certain players or some of the throws and decisions he's making. And then also you have to sit and wonder how many of, how many run calls Matt LaFleur makes that Rodgers maybe checks out into pass calls. So like there's just a lot right now where you're just looking at Aaron Rodgers, and he's, he's just not, He's not playing as good as he obviously usually does. But even more than that, I just feel like he's not hes not being a leader for the team. He's not being super vocal. He seems almost checked out, like, relatively early in games. And I just don't understand it. I don't know if that's just him trying to stay calm. But I want to see him, you know, talking to his offense, talking to his offensive line, getting guys fired up. And he just doesn't seem fully in it right now. And I don't understand why. And it's just, yeah, I mean, Rodgers... He needs, he needs to step it up as well. There's blame to go around just about in every aspect of this team. Last week
0: against the Giants, I felt like the defensive line had their moments. C.J. Sladen had, had a big play in that game, uh, and you had Reed have a couple big plays. And I feel like the defensive line was unheard from for four quarters today. And that also uh, can happen at this point if you're the Packers.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially when you're going up against a team like the Jets, when they have Bruce Ball, and Michael Carter and a young quarterback you know that they're going to focus on the run game and early on in the game the packers defense was playing pretty well but they completely you know broke down in the second half when they really needed those stops and Brees hall ended up with 116 yards averaging nearly six yards a carry michael carter had six carries for 41 yards that's nearly seven yards a carry that's just not nearly good enough and then obviously you had the braxton barrios rushing touchdown i mean Overall, I mean, the Packers' rush defense, once again, was basically ran through uh, with ease. And then the pass defense, which was good, but Zach Wilson only threw the ball 18 times for 110 yards. But when the big plays needed to be made, you know, you see Corey Davis beating Stokes on that double move down the sideline. It was a good route, but I do believe if Stokes gets his head around when that ball's coming in, he has a chance to knock it down, potentially even intercept it. And we saw that out of Stokes as a rookie, A lot of times he was in great position, soaks, but he just wasn't getting his head around. And as a rookie, you know, you can overlook those things and say, it's great that he's in good position, you know, work on next year, getting your head around, making a play on the ball. Here we are in week six of his second year. And again, he's still young, but that was a play that I think most veteran corners could have at least got their hands on the ball, And some of the better corners in the league potentially could have even picked that off. So plays like that, you know, you got to knock that ball down. Like he just lofted that one up. And if he gets his head around, who knows? Maybe the Jets don't score on that drive and maybe it's a different second half. But right now, offense, defense, special teams, I mean there's just there's execution problems, there's coaching problems. It's really it's almost hard to pinpoint what's what because there's honestly so much to look at.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm seeing Brees Hall talking uh, after the game against the Jets on that touchdown run that he had from about 20 or so yards out. That was supposed to be a reverse to Garrett Wilson. He saw daylight, he said, so he said to hell with it. I'm just going to take it myself, cut back, uh, and then ran upfield from, I guess that was 35 yards. Uh, on that score and again that goes back to this defense who according to from what I have heard uh, the defense uh, some of these guys like Jared Alexander and so forth went to Joe Barry during the week and and I want to be more aggressive so that was the talk coming into this game more aggressive we're gonna change things up well Jared Alexander got his wish he got to man up with Garrett Wilson every time they went man he followed him all over the field did you like the change in the Packers defense
3: it did. I mean definitely we saw it in the first half, at least throughout the game. I mean when you when the Packers actually let their corners play up at the line, play aggressive, play some man coverage, it was successful. Like you said, I mean Jair obviously had a tremendous game and just looking at the overall defense, I do think it was better today than most days. I just think come the fourth quarter they were pretty exhausted and then the run I mean the run defense just kinda gave it up. But the pass defense really was great today. I mean, you can't complain about giving up 110 passing yards to the opposing team and no passing touchdowns. They were good, and I do like the fact that they were more aggressive with the defensive backs playing up on the receivers, but they still gave up 27 points to the Jets. So at the end of the day, well, okay, seven of them came on the block punt. So even if you want to say 20, truth is, yes, if you're giving up 20 points on defense, you would hope that you're going to win most games if you're the Packers and you're only giving up 20 points. But right now, the Packers—they uh, can barely score twenty offensive points. So the defense is going to be, you know, need to step up when when they can. But right now, it's just—it's—it's—I'm it's, more nervous about the offense than the defense. But it's overall, just—it's just not—it's just, not, just not looking right, just top to bottom. It's just not looking right.
0: And that's funny because the people that want to fire Joe Barry need to understand that this offense is probably in more dire straits than the defense is yeah. at this point.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I, I don't know why it took me till today, but I don't know how much uh, Stenovich has been involved in the offensive play calls or the game plans. But I don't know if it's him or Lafleur, and the, the you know with Nathaniel Hackett not being there anymore. But this offense, without a doubt, to me is right now the biggest concern for this team, and they are just not playing nearly up even without Devontae. They're not playing nearly up to expectations, and it's like they're just shooting themselves in the foot. I think all it would take is simply getting, instead of 19 carries a game, get it up to about 30 carries a game between Jones and Dylan. And Dylan, I mean, Jones should be around 20, in my opinion, with Dylan around 10. um, I think it's a very different game. Last week, they were up 17 to three. If they just ran the ball throughout the second half, they very likely win the game. They come out passing the entire second half. Today, they came out to start the game with no runs. Jones touched the ball four times the entire first half. And by the time they got to halftime, they were already in their own head and sitting there 3-3 three three with the Jets. So I just think it, this offense starts and stops at that run game. And I don't even think it matters. Devontae, they're not there. I said the same thing last year. This is a run-first offense. And as long as Rodgers on the floor are operating as if it's not, this team is not going to play as well as they could.
0: Let's talk about the schedule coming up. So now you get Washington and Washington. Then you go to Buffalo for Sunday night football. Then to the Lions, three-game road trip. Back-to-back-to-back. McCarthy hated it every time it happened to him. I believe it happened to him twice while he was coach of the Green Bay Packers. And you have a struggling team on top of it. What really should be expectations for these next three games for the Green Bay Packers right now?
3: Right now, I I just simply want to see a team that can at least compete. Um, I'm not going to go into washington with any expectations of a win um and obviously we can't even think about buffalo (laughs) and then even detroit no chance (laughs) yeah yeah and then and then even detroit uh they might be what are they one and four or or two and but but they are scoring the most points in the nfl so the lions aren't the same lions of old so this is not an easy three-game stretch by any means and i think they would be they should be pretty damn happy and lucky if they come out of this three game stretch, two and three, but, and looking at the schedule, you might assume it would be two and three versus Washington, Buffalo and Detroit, but Washington and Detroit are no easy wins by any means. So if they think they're going to walk into Washington after losing at home to the jets and have any kind of easy win, they are sadly mistaken. So I'm hoping that they realize Right now it's it's make it or break it. They cannot go and lose to Washington and then likely lose to Buffalo and then all of a sudden you're three and five going into Detroit yep. against a better a team alliance team that's definitely better than we've seen in the past.
0: Eli Bergavitz, always fun to talk with you. Follow him on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL, of course co host of Open Book and Game On Wisconsin, coast of the Pack A Day Podcast, Check him my twenty four seven sports as well. And of course a big fantasy football guy too. Eli, thank you so much, man. I Appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much.
0: Take care. There is Eli Berkovitz here on a Lambo Tobacco Green and Gold Monday at 12.50 a.m. The Fan.